2: It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You love listen in public might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. you trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back though. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. Hello, hello, and welcome to the purple pants podcast episode. Episode 141, Little Brycey, I serve as your humble and oh-so-gracious host, Bryce Isaiah. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you could be so kind to ensure that you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you get podcasts from. The Purple Pants Podcast awaits you. His subscribe Write a review. Give your baby boy some five stars. How has everyone been doing? Your baby boy is fine. You know, I just recently celebrated a birthday. Come on with the Stevie Wonder birthday. Happy birthday to you. Oh, happy birthday. Yes, baby boy is feeling fine. Oh, baby boy feeling. oh, you know, 36 years old and it is truly a blessing. I took to the Instagram and wrote a somewhat emotional post and just being vulnerable and honest and trying to like end a lot of the, the vicious cycles that go on in my mind. I feel like growing up, I did not have positive representation of successful happy gay black men and i always feared of getting older and you know in some self reflection and in self discovery i i realized that you can't run from getting older and it, I need to be the pioneer that I felt as though I did not have. And if I am continuing the cycle of like, you know, fear and getting older, not celebrating myself, who's to say another young black queer man that is looking at me having these fears. Like I don't want to cast those fears upon them. And so I decided to take my power back and I decided to live in my truth and celebrate myself In order to celebrate myself, I really felt as though I needed to go back and acknowledge little Bricey. And for whatever reason, whenever I talk about this to like my friends or family, I get emotional. And at times I start to cry when I go back and and try to like address little Bricey and You know, one, I just want to give him a hug because I can go back and just remember a lot of the fears that I had at the time. And I can just remember being like, why do I talk this way? Why do I sound this way? Why do I walk this way? Why do people tease me? Why, you know, all of these things. And I just remember the the love and the joy that that little Bricey had. And I just remember an age where I stopped trying to be that bright light. And ultimately, like why I feel like it makes me want to cry because like I want to just go back in time and truly just give that little Bricey a hug and tell him that like, I'm okay. And that like, we're going to be okay. And it, it's going to be a hard road. But we're going to get there. And I, I, I reflect to that little Brycey. And another thing that makes me sad when I think about that little Brycey is that. I don't think I ever had a concept or I don't think I ever imagined what 36 would be. Not that like I thought that I would be dead or anything. I just I don't. I don't have any visual like conception of it. I don't know what I thought it would be. And I think that that was so scary. I know that other people are like, oh, I'd be married. I have kids. I'd be running a fortune 500 company, like all of these things like, you know, but for me, I did not know honestly. And I think that, that was part of my issue of getting older was that like I didn't know what getting older for a gay black man would be. I know uh you you hear these negative stereotypes, you know all of these diseases that they love to put on gay black men um and i I feared that for myself so much, and that I just could not conceptualize what thirty six would be. I had to acknowledge that and I have to do better for myself. And I, you know, I just, I I, I went back and I just gave that little Brycey a hug and I told him we good. And I thanked him for enduring everything that he endured for me to be where I'm at today. And then moving forward, I don't want to be that little Brycey anymore that doesn't know what 40 looks like, that doesn't know what 45 looks like, that doesn't know what 50 looks like. The sky is the mother limit. okay? and I'm speaking things into existence. Y'all know I'm big on that and I am speaking 40 into my life that I am going to be. Happy, successful, financially free, running a business, an entrepreneur. We will have a man. I'm speaking all of those things to my future that I did not speak into my future at that time because I just did not know. I didn't know the possibilities. And I know there has to be so many other young people out there like that or even around the age that I am. At that we did not know what older looked like. You know, I knew I was gonna be different. And I, I just did not see that path. And I am choosing to be that pioneer that lives in my truth, and choosing to be that pioneer that is speaking blessings and abundance over my life. Because listen, what the devil meant for something else, okay. <laughs> Listen, my God meant for glory, and I'm going to celebrate it, and I am so happy to be living and breathing, okay, baby boy, is 36, but 36, where, where, okay, I just had to get that on out, because it's just something that I feel like plagued, and, and like I have struggled with for such a long time, and you know, knowing somewhat of the reason, but not really kind of sort of getting to the core, and I really feel like this birthday, I discovered that, And this birthday, I went back and I spoke to little Bricey and I, you know, and for me, it was just an emotional birthday, but in a very positive way. Like, you know, I spent a lot of time crying, not sad crying, but just crying, coming to these conclusions and knowing that my future is bright and knowing that it's anything that I want to be and knowing that, like, all of the things that little Bricey endured was not in vain. So I uh, just, you know, y'all know I share with y'all just a, a very open space. And it's a space for us to just come, come as we are. And so that's kind of how I spent my birthday. And, of course, I am so appreciative to all my family and friends that showed up for me um and made my day special. And, of course, to the Purple Pants Posse. Okay, lighting them social medias up, reaching out, texting and DMs. I apologize if I did not get to everyone Cause you know later in the night Okay <laughs> Spicy Bryce had to come on out And have a cocktail And just you know Celebrate my life So I truly appreciate everyone That reached out uh, to Just to, to, to send your baby boy Some well wishes I truly appreciate it I'm excited And of course you know In honor I had to dedicate this episode To that shining little boy Back from Philadelphia that was nervous, that did not know his worth, did not know his power. Well, listen, you I am dedicating this episode to him, he and me, little Brycey now. You know we got the church announcements coming for y'all. I'm breaking down another episode of Euphoria. My boo-boo, Brooke Cam High, is back. We're breaking down some more amazing race. Who listen, I'm talking Bel-Air this week. Miss Barb stops by for another installment of Barb's message. And you know we are going to be concluding our Black History Freak of the Week. So come on, tune on in. Let's get this party started. <laughs> And on this week's church announcements, I've got two church announcements for you. The first church announcements in, you know, my self-discovery and coming to terms with little Bricey, I found some quotes that I wanted to share with the posse for the church announcements. Love yourself every day, even as your skin wrinkles and your bones ache. Your inner child still deserves your love and all the time. Care for your inner child and heal it. Mm. When you do so, you are healing yourself for the better. Here's one tip about growing up be that person your younger self needed you to be. Childlikeness and awe. Whew. Listen, those quotes spoke to my soul. I hope you guys take that in, and I hope that. Whenever you get to a point that you need, talk to your inner self, thank your inner self, acknowledge your younger self for all of the things that you went through as a child, because I'm sure nobody had an easy childhood, okay? second church announcement. I want to remind the Purple Pants Posse that me and your baby boy Wendell are heading to New York. We're a couple of weeks away from the season 42 premiere of Survivor. And listen, Bryce and Wynn presents we back we're in New York come check us out March 9th and watch as we celebrate another season of Survivor click the link in my bio or the Bryce and Wynn Instagram page and get your ticket and we'll see you in New York but listen they are going like hotcakes so it's only a couple of left so grab them up and come celebrate with us as we bring in a new season of Survivor come on in
1: at LuckyLandSlots.com.
2: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's a man who? It's a man you. Me and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. It's a man who? It's a man you. Me and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. And your baby boy is back. Breaking Down, Euphoria, Season 2, Episode 7, The Theater, and it's double. Okay, let's just start there. It is a more less intense episode. So like, you know, your heart's not beating through your chest. But don't mistake that for this episode is still spilling tea and still very much so drama filled. So we talk about character developments, right? And so we say we've met Nate's daddy. We met Nate. We met Rue. We kind of sort of met Cassie. Now, why don't we meet Cassie's sister, Lexi and Bay Bay? Cassie spill a tea without spilling the actual tea. Sub. So, Episode seven is all about Lexi's play. You know, Lexi has been internalizing everything that's been going on. We, Rue used to be her best friend. Now Rue is an active drug addict. Her sister used to be her sister. Then she got a best friend. Then she got a boyfriend. Now she's leaving with her best friend, boyfriend. She used to have a mother. She used to have a dad. The dad ran off. The mother's alcoholic. Now she messing with my baby daddy Fesco. And she needed an outlet. And her outlet was a play. And baby. It's the talk of the town. There is a lot to get into this play. The play very much in the euphoria sense. Collides with actual real life. So it is really hard for me to like break down the characters and the play. So I'm gonna try to do my best. Your yeah, baby boy going to do what I could do and try to tell you what I could tell you, but also give you the key things that need to be brought up. So first and foremost, let's talk about my baby daddy and Lexi's love in- interest. Fesco. We see them getting together We know that they they like each other and the episode is all about Lexi's play. And we know that Fesco has been a support to Lexi. They've talked on the phone. She has been worried about how people will receive this play. And she is trying to explain to Fesco that the play is not in malice to anybody. The play is just my life. And how I see things it has nothing to do with the people that happen to be in my life but it, this is just my interpretation of like my life and Fesco reassures her that if there is no ill intent then you should stand by what you produced and what you have worked for so she believed it Now, I don't know if I got into Fesco last week, you know he got this lady, this young lady named Faye staying at his house, one of his other friends that he does drug dealings with got into a little debacle, Faye had to stay with them, and last week, When Ash Trey was going to the bathroom and not watching the cameras, Faye was taking out the trash and her ex-boyfriend was out there and he basically told Faye that he is an informant cooperating with the popo. He's giving snitch vibes. And first of all, what you're not going to do is snitch on my Fesco, but we're not even going to go here. So we know that something might be coming Fesco in Ash's way. Boom. Again, all about Lexi's play. So we see Fesco getting dressed up, trying to look, you know, ex- like, you know, trying to look presentable for Lexi. And Faye is helping the- him. Faye's boyfriend, drug dealer, whoever he is, shows up to the house. Fesco like, I don't really got time to talk. I got to get ready. But the boyfriend show up looking suspect. Faye is ironing or steaming his clothes. He calls Faye over. He like, listen, play it cool. Keep it cool. Puts Faye in somewhat of an awkward position. Now, mind you, Ash might not have been on his duty last episode, but baby boy is on his duty this episode. He peeps the awkwardness. He peeps homeboy just ain't sitting in right. And Ash is paying attention. Now I divert my attention from this house and we go to the play. The play is all about Lexi and Lexi's friendship with Rue and how she questions how people used to feel about her actually calling herself Rue's best friend. And people were like, are you really Rue's best friend? Being as though Rue was into a lot. We see that Rue is present at the play. She looks clean, although I I can't tell you that she is or not because we just get to see her in the glimpse of the play. But we see Lexi's interpretation of her friendship and that she cared about Rue. And that Rue deciding to choose drugs over her family and friends really affected Lexi. And as a viewer, we don't necessarily understand or have saw that perspective. We always see it from Rue's sister and her mother perspective, but we see Lexi's perspective and how that hurt Rue. And I appreciate that perspective because oftentimes when people are engulfed in drug activity or their lives get caught up they don't think about the ramifications about how it affects other people in their lives and over the last couple of episodes I've explained to you guys how I've been triggered and so it was interesting to see Lexi's take on this and throughout the play while Lexi is you know uh, demonstrating to the audience and her friends and family how this has affected her we also get to see the real life reaction of the people that she's talking about and we get to see real life reactions of them in their real life and so there is a point in the play where Rue is kind of like snuggling up with her sister and they kind of sort of continue the conversation of Rue's like I really don't know much about you And Rue's sister says, like, sometimes I worry that the memories that I have of dad will continue to get less and less and fade away. Do you ever worry about that? And Rue was like, I do. There's also a scene with Rue and her mom where Rue is snuggled up with her mom and her mom's eating ice cream. And her mom is saying, like, listen, girl, do whatever drug that it is that you want to do and live your life. I I can't chase you anymore. You're about to be 18 and I've done my part. I can't make you want life if you don't want life. And she also goes to say that, you know, Rue's younger sister has been suffering. She's been failing in school. Every morning she goes to get her up. She already's up on the phone and she's concerned. And she explains to Rue, If I have the choice to lose one daughter or two, I'm a fight to save her. Now, mind you, as a listener and a viewer of the show, I'm mad at Rue's mom because I'm gonna try to save the sister too. However, being a washer and lover of the show, I also still like feel like I'm Rue at some Point or level and to hear that from your own mother is just like Ooh. now we talk about mothers and we're talking about Lexi putting on this play now mind you Lexi in the play has her mother performed by a man and you know he's wearing a wig and just like you know giving all of the things that he you know he's giving us whatever and it's so interesting because Lexi's mom <laughs> is here for it. She's like, that's me. That's supposed to be me. Okay. Listen, we also get to see Lexi's father who we've never seen in the actual show. And dare I say real life. However, in the play, we get to see Lexi and Cassie's interpretation. Well, not Cassie's, but she was there because she and Lexi play, but we get to see Lexi's interpretation of her dad. And her dad was, by all of the interpretation of what I saw of the play, was an alcoholic, questionably a drug addict. There was a scene, they were at a park, and he broad daylight, he was just knocked out sleep. And they are like, Why is he asleep? And then he got up. He was like, Come on, girls, let's go. And Lexi was a little nervous to get in the car. Lexi was like, Should we get in the car? He don't look like he should be taking us home. And Cassie was like, we don't want to make him feel like he's scared of us. Let's get in the car. And so th- we see in that scene that tells me a lot about Cassie and like even her relationship with her past boyfriend and the relationship with Nate. But listen, we're going to get to Nate because baby, baby, bay bay, Lexi spilled some tea in this play. So we get to see the dynamic of the relationship between Lexi and Cassie. Cassie, Cassie is the younger sister. Lexi is the older sister. However, Cassie is the more developed sister, the more eye popping sister and being as though she might have more of a body and eyes are more on her through Lexi's lens. We see that Cassie through the play. Now I know that sounds so confusing, but go with me because that's the episode. But we see that through the play, that has caused Cassie to be more concerned about what people think of her. We also get to see the introduction of Maddie and how Lexi felt about Cassie and Maddie's friendship. And we see that Lexi didn't like Maddie at first, you know, because Maddie was so sure of herself and like was like, I'm napped. What you gonna do? And we learn throughout the play that what really kind of sort of cemented Cassie's and Maddie's friendship was that Maddie's parents went through a breakup similar to Cassie and Lexi. And there was a period of time where Maddie stayed over their house. So it was very awkward moment because in the play we see Maddie or the character Maddie. Now I'm, I ain't even want to try to remember their name. So don't, Try to ask me for what the play names was. I'm just going by the characters. The character in the play, Cassie, there is a moment where Maddie is spending the night and Cassie says, you can sleep on my bed if you want and consoles her. But listen, this is a play that Lexi is putting on for the whole school and Maddie is there. Angel is there. Nate is there. Jules is there. Cassie is there. They mom is there. Rue is there. And at this scene, Cassie can't take no more and walks out. Cause it's a hard scene to watch, but it is truly interesting. Also, throughout the plague, Lexi, there is an empty seat. And Lexi keeps looking at the seat like, what's up? What's going on? And clearly, we know that's Fesco's seat. However, I already gave you the 411 on Fesco, but throughout the episode, we are learning more and more about this information. We don't know what happens to Fesco. We just know that we practically seen more than half of the play and Fesco was not there, but the clips that we continue to see are a Fesco trying to get ready, asking Faye, should he wear a tie? Should he not wear a tie? Faye drug dealer, boyfriend sitting on the couch, looking suspect and Ash coming out like with a knife in his hand. Like, do I need to do, I need to do something to this brother? Cause he looking a little suspect. So that's what we see. So we see Lexi throughout this whole play kind of sort of, Wondering where Fesco is and if Fesco let her down. But everything that we've seen of this episode is that Fesco is excited, wants to support, and is trying to look his best for her. Now, let's
0: get rid of all of that. Okay.
2: So now we're going to go into the juicy tea. Now, I told y'all last week when Nate was talking to his mom after his dad left the house and they still had his dad pissed on the ground and they ain't clean it up. Y'all nasty for that. Y'all should have cleaned it up whether you like the daddy or not. And last week, Nate's mom said, you used to be such a sweet boy. You used to be such a loving boy. It was around eight or nine when you changed and Nate immediately said, are you trying to say something? What are you trying to say? And the mom just dropped it. Now I told y'all, That me being in the child welfare realm, when I hear things of that nature, you drastically change, and you can give a time frame, and you can give like you turn dark. For me, signs of abuse, and I'm like, ooh, is this the reason why Nate hates his dad so much, but they dropped it, but listen, ooh, y'all, listen, listen. So in Lexi's play, now, mind you, Lexi's play does not talk about Nate's abuse. So let's just be clear about that. But Lexi's play talks about Nate's kind of sort of like we see his presence in the play and his aggression in over Maddie and Cassie. And again, like I said, throughout the play, we are getting flashbacks of the actual characters, like, you know, Rue is watching the play and she's having, we get to see a flashback of Rue and her mom and her mom saying, listen, if I have to, loo- I, if I have to lose between two or one daughters, I'm going to pick one. I'm going to fight for that daughter. We also see in this, this Maddie. Cassie and Nate character and you know where they became friends and you know then it's literally like the real character so now you're getting confused like am I watching a play or am I watching the real people and so there is this scene where Cassie has on these like pink fishnet tights and they're sparkly and she's like kissing Nate but she's looking in the mirror or Nate is looking in the mirror and it's Maddie but then as we get closer it's blonde hair so we know it's Cassie and then he rips Her fishnets open, getting real freaky. And baby, then all of a sudden, after the the ripping of the fishnets, we see Nate Daddy standing shirtless. And we like, okay, now what in the hell is going on? Where the hell Nate Daddy come from? And then, ooh, he presses his body against this person on the bed. And who is the person? It's Nate. I told y'all, like, it's abuse, so Nate's daddy was abusing Nate! Mmm! Mmm! Take it in, y'all. It's a lot. And I don't like to make excuses for abusers, and I'm definitely not making excuses for Nate's daddy, but everything that Nate has done to all of these other characters... I don't give him a pass, but I always just say whenever I hear of stories or, and this is again, euphoria to the side, whenever I was in the role of being a social worker and and whenever I was in the role of hearing these stories about these children or like, you know, children possibly hurting other children. My one question in my mind always was, well, who hurt that child, you know, because hurt children, hurt children, and for me, we see episode season one and two, Nate going around hurting people, and in my mind, I'm just like, well, who hurt this baby? And in this episode, whoo, we see it. It's Nate Daddy. Now, the kicker of it all is that, you know, Lexi is portraying all of these people, and there is this Kind of sort of final scene that we see where she is portraying her sister, Cassie, and Maddie, like fighting over Nate. And then, like, Nate is like, I gotta go be with the boys. I gotta work out. And we all know Nate is on a, the football team. He's the captain or something. And there is this pivotal moment in the play where also, what's the girl's name? I think her name is Angel. The, anyway the the key character uh or the main character in the play who plays nate is also maddie's current friend's boyfriend who she just broke up with last episode that i didn't really talk about because she kind of sort of pissed me off because why are you breaking up with this baby that love you but anyway he's playing nate and there is this like workout scene and it is like the number of if this is west side stories this is like you know the West side versus the East side. This is like, you know, they in the gym. And for me, what is so interesting is that again, this play is being told by Lexi and Lexi is the sister of Cassie. And, Cassie's best friend is Maddie so Lexi is the friend of both of them and she she sees Nate and she sees the relationship that Maddie and Nate had and now she sees the relationship that Cassie her sister and Nate had and so this play is an interpretation of her and this big musical number is about Nate in the gym. And everything about this dance number is giving very homoerotic as in like, and so she's not, I don't feel like Lexi is calling Nate gay, but I feel like next Lexi is saying that like, I've seen tendencies of you that although you exude this hyper masculinity I see through you and again this big number is the person innate or the character that is playing, the actor that is playing Nate is doing this big gym scene where he's like, I need to work out with my boys, but it's given very much. So <laughs> it's spicy, Brycey in the gym grinding and twerculating all over the men's. But again, it's through Lexi's eyes and it's like, Lexi saw through all of that. Like, I see you, baby boy. You with these girls, but I see you. And child Nate gets offended and everyone is like Ooh, child!" and of course you know Maddie in the audience like yes Lexi you is queen cause you know at this point Lexi is throwing shade to Nate almost calling him gay but I don't feel like she's calling him gay I feel like she again this is her play and her interpretation is that she sees tendencies in him that he is overcompensating for and clearly we know the reason why and so in the middle of the number when they jod rating and lifting all of the pounds and all of the other stuff Nate gets out walks up and leaves and of course you know his girlfriend Cassie follows and as they're leaving you know she's like I- I'm sorry I don't know why she would do this and Nate's like that's your sister get your ish and get out of my house like ooh. Now wait a minute! Not you kicking her out after Cassie just betrayed her best friend. Been depressed, thought about taking her own life for you. Then you call and she leave her house and go stay with you, and is riding for you, and still showing up to her sister play with you. And now her sister is alluding to baby boy, you might be a little sweet, and now you turn on Cassie, oh no, Mr. Nate, Mr. Nate, Mr. Nate, I don't like that, and I don't appreciate it, but I understand how his ego could be hurt, but why are you doing this to old Cassie, Cassie ain't done nothing but been, left her best friend, left her family for you, but also a lesson in that, These men are not loyal. Okay. (laughs) Take it from me. And uh, so Cassie is filled with rage and she walks back to the auditorium and she's just looking through the door glass window, breathing very heavily and crying. And then Euphoria does what Euphoria does. And not only hits us with the credits, but hits us with a to be continued. What? If you're not watching, get up on it. Euphoria, HBO, Sunday nights, 9 p.m.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Keep the menu rolling. Keep the menu
2: rolling. Keep it the menu rolling. Keep it, keep keep, keep keep it rolling. And we are back this week with your amazing race, season 33, episode 8. I got my good Judy on duty. It is the cam to my high, Miss Brooke, the winner of season 29. Hello. Hello, how are you? I am. I'm all right. I was a little sad this episode. I know. Uh, it was a lot sad this episode. I was a little sad. I ain't gonna lie. I was a little sad. Uh, but it was an interesting episode. And I really have come to, dare I say, I don't know if I want to say I like Fan? Oh, no. The Amazing Race. But I do enjoy it. Like, I, I have a routine now if I can't. If I'm not able to watch it on the night that it airs, I always watch it Thursday morning, like 4 o'clock in the morning. Because my sleeping patterns are so crazy. And most of the time, I'm up, like, organizing my closets or doing something like that's just the stupidest thing ever. Like, one time I was, like, literally trying to, like, feel my sheets and be like, (laughs) I wonder if I can feel how many, like, like what is it The, thre- like the sheet thread The thread count you were The thread count With my toes
1: Okay I appreciate that You're watching the show But I think you might Need more sleep
2: Like I
1: mean, Did you Could you tell Did I mean, you put two sets of
2: sheets Next to each other Oh no, no But I was feeling it And then like I ordered them offline So then I went and Was like online Trying to figure out The sheets like. But yeah I, I just I just be doing Crazy stuff That like Literally makes no sense And so now My new thing is Like oh okay I'll watch it's 4 o'clock in the morning, and I feel like I am way more invested at that time than I would normally when I have to re-watch the show. So anyway, but I was, like, really excited to watch it.
1: Okay. That was, like, an interesting road we just went down. I liked it. You're and nice. now we're back, and we're here. Yes. And I'm going to go feel my sheets one more time. Um, okay. Yes. So leg eight of The Amazing Race of 10, which... I'm not thrilled about, I like when there are 12, I feel like we're going to have to cut this short at 10, but we're getting down to the nitty gritty, and I like that, and I like that we're going to finally get to see who wins within a couple of weeks, and then we get to start Survivor. Okay, so, teams get on their charter flight, <sighs> fine, and head to the southernmost, southernmost country in Europe, which is Greece, which I love. We went to Greece, it was my favorite place to go on the race, it's the part of the world where my family is from, and it's all I wanted to go to, so... It was so beautiful. I am feeling very positive on this leg so far. And then it's a self-drive leg. So maybe Aruna Natalia's luck is about to run out. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's find out. I, think, yeah. I mean your aunt, your voice gave it away, but that's fine. Okay, so in group one, because we are still leaving in groups, we have Kim and Penn, who are my official winner pick. I'm loving them. And what's kind of interesting is I usually like one team member and not the other. Like, it's very rare that I like the totality of a team. I love both of them. They're a little bit kooky. They're a little bit weird. They get along so well.
2: I'm a fan of the team. Me too I think I like them both But if I had to pick someone I liked more It might be Penn Mm -hmm. I mean I love Kim But there is something I like the outspokenness And I like uh, the fact that Penn I feel like he speaks his thoughts out loud I wish he was a little bit more meaner to other teens But I think (laughs) if I had to pick between one of the two I think it's going to be a little bit more to Penn
1: Well, he does what I do, because I don't think he has an inner monologue either. Like, he says everything out loud, which I think is very funny later in the episode. So we have also Kayla and Raquel. And Raquel is really proud of them, because she's always very proud of them. Um, And they get in their car. I like her. Don't get me wrong. She's just always positive. Like, have a moment of, like, I don't know.
2: Like Holly and Sag Kim. Yeah,
1: it's fine. So they get in their stick shift cars, and she is very psyched to drive stick shift. She's been practicing, and then she immediately stalls out, which I laugh at a little bit. But big support to her because she just takes a calming breath, starts the car back up, and then doesn't apparently have any more issues. So you know what? Maybe there is something to be said for the power of positive thinking, and they're off to drive to some olive grove and search for through the olive trees for their clue. The backdrop for this episode is just so pretty with all of the blue water and all of the olive trees and, and it's a really, really lovely setting in Greece. And then we have group two, which is Lulu and Lala. They are excited. They're going to have fun this episode. I'm worried it's all going to unravel for them, but I am cheering for them louder than I'm cheering for anybody because they're like my, they like strike in my heart. Like I, I want them to do well. And we have Dusty and Ryan, who, sure, like, they're still great. They're still wonderful. Dusty's getting a little bit over the top, I think.
2: Listen, I said it last week, and I'm going to yeah. have to say it again this week, okay? Say it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we could get to the part. I'm trying to control okay. the spice that is the Bracey.
1: Okay, fair enough. So, we're cut back to the Olive Grove. Kim and Penn find the clue
2: so quickly. Right. I really wish they'd been hidden a bit better. I mean, I think they were good. I just wish that when Penn found it, he just jumped up and got it and shut the up. Yeah, yeah. I wish
1: they sort of just ran away and did their own thing a little bit more. Right, right.
2: I I just, it frustrates me a little bit of like, let's work in teams, even though they didn't really work in teams so much, but I just wish Mm -hmm. that they would have like, for me, the sneakiness in me would have jumped it, grabbed my partner, we would have ran back to the car and read it.
1: And that's kind of why I like Lulu and Lala on this part of the episode, so... Luke we're cutting over Raquel and Kayla who by the way fantastic they find they find the clue p.s. there's a ladder like five feet away nobody seems to find a ladder they find the clue and Raquel is like lift me up and so Uh she's gonna lift Kayla she can't lift Kayla and then Kayla squats down puts Raquel on her shoulders lifts her right up she's a beast like in the best possible way but for some reason they ignore the ladder Aruna and Natalia get in their car, and they head by themselves to the Olive Grove and decide they need to be perfect, so we'll see what happens, but Lulu and Lala and Dusty and Ryan get there while Aruna and Natalia are driving, and they decide if one team finds it, they're going to tell the other. Now, Lulu and Lala find it first. Okay, and she was grabbing that ladder mm-hmm. so quick, mm-hmm. I'm like, and yes. good on them, because they sneakily go over, they make sure that they get it, and then they're like, hey guys, we found it. And they didn't tell them, you know, they didn't help the look. They sort of went on their way, but they said, we found it. It's up in the trees. They gave them a little bit of a clue, but they made sure they got theirs first. So good on them. I like that strategy. They were helpful without being too, too helpful. Right. And then the four of them are off as well to the next spot, which is where the first roadblock is. Whew. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. So they're off to this place called Marianne's. Marianne's. Yes? Marianne's. Um, she's this adorable little Greek lady who makes... Domates, I think this is what they're called. They're They're like rolled up grape leaves with rice and spices and veggies in them. They look yummy. I don't know if anyone got to eat any of them. They look like tiny green egg rolls. is what they ultimately ended up looking like. So Kim and Penn get there first. Kim decides she's going to do it says it's just like swaddling a baby and then Raquel decides she's gonna do it. They do not help each other, which I really, really approve of. Neither one's saying, okay, what do we do? Do I have to turn the leaf this way or do I have to? and they're not helping each other. They're nice to each other but they're not helping, which is great. Kim does a great job. She goes up. She only has a couple that are wrong. She realizes her mistake. She fixes it. She doesn't tell Raquel what the mistake is and Raquel's still working. Kim gets the okay and her and Pen are off. While Raquel still works, and hers are being turned down, Brace.
2: Yes. Like half of them. And what I loved about Kim during this was that when she was realizing her errors in the presentation and mm-hmm. in the role, I liked when she was, like, whispering to the mm-hmm. camera. She was like, yeah, I'm realizing that the step is up. It's like, you know, I was like, yes, I'm here for that. But I also feel like, no, I ain't never, you know, I ain't make it too far on Survivor. A- <laughs> I've never been on Amazing Rates. However, me as a, uh, I don't know what you would consider me, an. uh, a casual watcher of the amazing race, I would think that on missions like this, that seems so easy that it's going to be crucial of detail. So I'm going to be very attentive to how she is rolling them things up. And mind you, I would have had to did this one because, first of all, when they was like, you ready to rap? I was like, ooh, I could spit a couple of bars. <laughs> but then, like, you know, but then I also said, well, listen, you know, I know stranger danger to rolling or twisting a little something up. So I would have been great at this. And, you know, sometimes when you're rolling other things up, you do have to watch out for them stems. So yes, I would right. have been very cognizant of where the stem at. Okay.
1: That's hilarious. I don't think you can call yourself a casual watcher anymore. When you wake up at 4 a.m. to watch the show, I I think you're officially a fan. Mediocre. I was trying to think of
2: like a a medium word, but nothing was coming.
1: Medium is good. I like it. So Dusty shows up. He makes a comment about his Denver rolling skills coming into play here, and he rocks through it. And then Lulu and Lala show up. Lala does it. She gets it on the first try. Arun and Natalia show up, and they decide Arun's going to do it because he's in the food service industry, and he does fantastic. So you got Kim out of there. Dusty's out of there. Lala's out of there. Arun is out of there. And then you have Raquel, who's still stuck there in the very, very end. But kudos to her because she does not get angry. She does not get loud. She starts paying attention. And she ultimately ends up getting it right.
2: She does. I was cracking up at a room when it's when Itali was like, Do it for mom. And he was like, Do it for mom, I'm awesome. doing it for myself. Ask awesome. for him. Okay, room. Now, Dusty, 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 Dusty.
3: Yeah.
2: I want to well, mind you, I I'm rooting for Ryan, okay? I'm not rooting for Dusty. Here's the thing, okay. Woo, y'all came in the second leg and you killed the challenge. Why do you have to scream? Like, that for me is annoying. Imagine like, how it feels for the people who are still left I here. I know. Past. Were you not hugged as a child, Dusty? <laughs> like, I'm confused. Like, shut up. And mind you see that That's If I was up there rolling I would have been like Shut Like see we Yeah got I so think the I would have too
1: I think I would have it's a, it's a lot it's, it's one like, thing okay. to be happy And excited Get in the car and scream Get in the car and be happy With your partner But it's a little bit Rubbing it in other people's faces uh, I don't think he means it that way No he does He does, just can't he, control does. It. He, he does
2: uh, Okay He does Cause <laughs> he was screaming After the lady gave it to him Then when they were like By the car We could still hear him screaming Yeah Shut up
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Um, okay, and so Dusty's off screaming, and then we have the teams drive toward the beach and search for Mamo's Cantina Stand and get a souvlaki. Now, maybe I just know Greek food. I don't know. I've eaten a good amount of Greek food. Is souvlaki something that is like really, really abnormal that people have never heard of it? Or. I mean. It's pretty much the most common, other than like a gyro, or if well, that's how people pronounce it.
2: It's That's what I was thinking. I, I mean, I never heard of slu- 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 locky but I heard of <laughs> Jairo. And my whole thing is, why we got to share one, uh, sister girl, make two of them up and put a little extra sauce on mine because I'm a sauce type of girl.
1: If you're Lulu and
2: Lala, you don't have to share one. They hate, I can't. I can't. And then, child, and it, I don't know which one was it. Lulu or Lala was pissing me off. I've never ate onions before. <laughs>
1: Like, like, girl, an onion? Yeah, it's an onion. I mean, in all fairness, in all fairness, cut to last week and they ate maggots like a champ. So I can't really be
2: like, you. No, I can. They complained more about the onions than they did about the maggots. You can eat a maggot, but you can't eat an onion? Stop playing with me.
1: That's fair. So they had to spell Souvlaki. I didn't think it was particularly difficult, but the thing that did bother me is the people who couldn't spell it, which is fine if you can't spell it. Why do you, like, run? There were cars passing by. Just flag down a car right there and ask them how to spell it. They were running to the beach. They were running all over the place. So Kim and Pen get there, spell it right, eat it, and then throw away the paper. And then they ask for their clue. And the woman is like no, I have no clue for you.
2: (laughs) She didn't even say that. She just rolled her eyes and put her hands up. She was (laughs) like,
1: no, "Hmm?" no clue. And so then Penn has an aha moment, which you can see, and he runs to the trash, pulls out the paper, and they see that printed on the paper, it says where they have to go next, to the church.
2: St. George.
1: St. George Church, right. And then Dusty and Ryan get there. Dusty spells it right. He's so
2: flipping proud of himself.
1: (laughs) It's not the hardest word in the world, Dusty, but that's okay, congratulations. Um, he's just kind of fun. I think he's kind of fun to laugh with or laugh out a little bit, but it's, you know, he's into himself and you know what, if you're not into yourself, who is going to be? So they find the clue on the paper much faster, even though nobody thinks like, I don't know, it would seem like common sense to me. And these two teams are pulling away in the front. Um, then they have to go to St. George Church as well. St. St. George. St. George. Church, there we go. While the other teams are still looking for Mamo's cantina stand, and while Raquel is still sort of putting together the grape leaves a step before that. So the one thing I do like about this episode, even though it seems a little convoluted, is that the teams were really rarely ever in the same spot. There were a lot of lead changes. Raquel and Kayla went from second. At this point, they're in last They do have excellent senses of direction because even though Aruna Natalia and Lulu and Lala leave the grape leaf challenge before them, they show up at Mama's Cantina third. So they did pass two teams getting there. They spell it correctly. They eat it fast. They have a great sense of direction. They find the clue to get through. Do they? Church. I mean, it seemed like. I mean, I don't know if they just got real lucky, but they did get there faster than two teams. Now, in all, Was well, one, one of the a rune one of and the teams
2: was a rune <laughs> in the tower, so that that doesn't necessarily count. And it seemed like the whole challenge was just go straight down this road and make a right at the stop sign. And yet, two teams messed that up. Well, I mean. <laughs> I feel like only one team really messed it up, because Aruna and Natalia, I expect them to get well, lost. there. They point. mess
1: everything up. Uh, not everything up. They just don't know where they're going ever, but God love them. Bless their hearts. So, Kim and Penn get to the next stop to St. George's Church. Um, and they see it's another roadblock. Now, on The Amazing Race, where there are two roadblocks in a single leg, the person who did the first one can't do the second one. So for this one, you have Penn. The roadblock says, who wants to be iconic? And what you have to do is you have to stand and listen to what turns out to be a 15-minute-long speech by an uh, air-quote priest I don't think it was a real priest. Don't
2: talk while the priest is talking.
1: This is my favorite part of the whole episode. And take a quiz identifying five saints that the priest has talked about, even though he talks about, like, a dozen saints. So Penn tries to talk to the priest and says, like, can you go back? He's there by himself at this point. So he asks the priest, like, can you go back one or you only go forward? And the priest looks at him and says, do it again.
2: Don't talk to the priest.
1: And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, fine. Um, And I think that's cute. I used to do that all the time. I remember being in Venice, and they were doing this challenge of painting a Venetian mask, and there were many steps. And I got there. um, We were in last place at the time when I got there. I didn't realize we were in last, but we were in last. And I went to the demonstration lady because she was in the middle of her demonstration, and I was like, can you start over or... Or is that a thing? And she's like, no, no, no. I was like, uh, okay, then I'm just going to try and start from where I am. And and I jumped over two people in that challenge. Oh. So just a second for Brooke to feel good about herself. I'm going to have a dusty moment right there. What? Came in for it. Um, it's anyways, time to eat. Gobble <laughs> gobble. Time to eat. That's. That, I don't. I don't think I have ever heard anybody ever say that. But I think yeah. it's hilarious.
2: Well, here's the thing. Time to eat. Gobble gobble. Like, uh, you be like. I'm confused. Like you're making a sound of a turkey, but it, like normally we eat the turkey, so <laughs> I don't think it would be gobble gobble. Like, I, yeah. It just. It. it yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man. I don't know that he even realizes the things that he says half the time. I, I laugh at it. So anyway, Penn takes this quiz. Penn, who admittedly has ADHD, is worried that he's going to zone out. But then tells us about what we've heard about once before. I don't know if you remember. But I think it was the very, very first leg where they had that kind of like uh, street art graffiti pasted to the wall thing that they had to do in in, in London where he's like, I have a special skill, I get hyper-focused, I can see the detail in the details, and he uses that skill here, because after 15 minutes of listening to the air quotes priest talk, he goes over to the table where they have umpteen pictures, and they have to, the priest tells like, I don't know, 10 facts about each saint, and the quiz is one fact about each saint, now tell me which saint is which, and Pen rocks it. He destined on his first try. He's so proud of himself. I would be okay if he screamed a little bit, and he did scream a little bit, And but like he was respectful about it, and right. I'm, I mean, I'm very supportive of them.
2: They're only team around. Now, right. mind yes. you, now, watching that challenge, I was thinking like, oh my God, I would be really good at this as well, because I would just be like, okay, St. Nick, Christmas, St. Irene, they kill her. Like, I would like think of <laughs> random things of random like I I'm good with remembering things. And I always mess people's names up because like I when I meet people always like think of things that like what I think about when I meet people. So I was in my head thinking like, oh, I would really do good at this challenge.
1: I have to know maybe when we stop recording, what was my like mnemonic nickname when you met me? So I, I think if it's bad, don't
2: say. No, I think I just, <laughs> no, your, your name was easy enough for me to remember. So I believe that it was just Brooke.
1: Oh, I mean, yay that you remember my name. I appreciate that.
2: But, yeah, sometimes like I would just meet people, and I just for for whatever reason, I will not accept their name, uh like Wendell has this friend named Brandon, and I like three years ago when like he introduced me, i for whatever reason, I thought like, I don't know if he looked like a Henry or like I just thought that his name was Henry. So
1: did you think of him as something? I used to work in the DA's office, and there was a guy who was a defense attorney at the time, and I should have known his name. I was on cases against him. Like, I should have known his name, but I just called him the hair, because he had this hair that was, like, flowing. And and I lived at the DA's office for a handful of years, and I never learned his name. Yeah. So the hair, if you're out there, how are
2: you? Yeah, and uh, the friend's name is saved in my phone as Henry. Like, that's just (laughs) what, like, that's his name to me. Well, now you're just screwing yourself up. But I mean, it's just, you know, but now it's funny. And now that's his nickname. People call him Henry now. They do not. So they he do. knows this? Yes. Because I, oh I call him Henry. That's
1: very funny. Do they think it's his real name because you call well, him that? Well, no. Or? I mean, it's okay. just,
2: I don't not, I don't think people that don't know him. I think it's like the group of friend circles that we're in now. They, or they just acknowledge if I'm speaking of Henry.
1: That's <laughs> hilarious, no and we have gotten very off track, but no I think it was worth it. Um, so Kim and Penn do great. Penn gets it on his first try, and they're off to the pit stop on the Aegean Sea. I'm going to mispronounce it. Nia Kalokrat, uh, hmm something. Uh, yes, thank you for that. I feel like I got it right. Um, it's a fishing port. It's very cool on a pier. And then Dusty and Ryan shows up. Ryan has to do this one. Ryan does something that I think is so
2: <laughs> funny. <laughs> this
1: is hilarious to me. So he reads a thing. It says, you will be quizzed on five saints. The priest, air quotes, starts talking, gets through five, and Ryan runs away and goes to the quiz. He's like, I heard five. I'm out of here. And then Sorry, he thank the, you. Exactly. Thanks, five. And then he goes to the quiz, and the quiz is asking him questions, and he's like, huh? I didn't hear any of this. He doesn't realize that there's still, like, ten more minutes Of the speech that he's supposed to listen to. So he tries to BS his way through the quiz, his words, not mine, gets almost all of them wrong, and then is like, all right, I have to go listen to it again. At this point, Kayla and Raquel have shown up, which I'm cool with, because you know what? They deserve to be um, rewarded for their good sense of direction, and for their, like, paying somewhat attention to detail. So now Kayla is there with Ryan, and Ryan looks at her, and he's like, okay. So they start the speech over again. The, the priest, air quote, gets through five, and Ryan goes to run away again! <laughs> and then Kayla's still standing there for a second, and the priest goes, and the next one. And Ryan's like, wait, what? Oh. What? And so he comes back, and he's like, okay, well, now this makes more sense. Because I thought I was paying attention and I didn't hear any of the quiz questions when I was listening to the priest talk. So Kayla and Ryan, Kayla and Ryan, that's right, um, listen together, they go do the quiz, they don't help each other, but they both get it, which is great, I'm into both of them. And then uh, Arun and Natalia show up at this point because while Kayla and Re- Kayla and Ryan are listening on the, Ryan's second time around, Natalia shows up Ryan gets out, Kayla gets out, and then Natalia goes through the quiz. She does not do great. Um, She only gets two of them right.
2: For me, it was the frustration on Arun's face when they Mm -hmm. showed that she had to do it again. And I'm like, first of all, Arun, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you need to have no frustration on none of your faces, okay?
1: I think that this race means more to Arun than anybody else. I don't know why. I mean, you would think maybe Dusty, he's like really, really like shaking my hands and But Arun, I think just so badly wants to spend the time with his daughter, which I love that I think that's where, at least that's how I interpret it, where I see his frustration coming from because he's like, oh, we, we picked up some time. I, I jumped over two people like, let's just keep doing well. And she does. She gets it on her second try because she knows what to listen for at this point. And they're off to the pit stop.
2: Just, so, was, Lulu and Lala was off oh. to the pit stop, too.
1: Yeah. So, instead of going to um, Mamo's cantina stand, Lulu and Lala find Phil. So, their of their direction is so bad that while everyone else is going to the cantina stand, they find, randomly, at the pier, they find <laughs> Phil and the pit stop reader, this very nice fisherman. And Phil's like, hi, you guys are early. And they are all, oh, shoot, we missed a step. They actually but, missed, like, three
2: steps. Here was the thing that frustrated with me with Lulu and Lala yeah. was when y'all saw that Phil was there, why the hell are y'all still going up to him?
0: Yeah, like, I don't know. That's not
2: a—that that looked like a long—like, why—like, I like, turn your behind around. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they thought maybe
1: Phil was going to give them some guidance
2: or— It's an amazing race. That It's a no. I don't know.
1: It's a no from him, but— so they find Phil, they turn around, they finally, finally find Mamo's Cantina Stand. My heart for them.
2: Did they you di- notice in yeah. this episode, and I can't remember if it was all of them, but did you notice like the new confessionals that we were getting? like Lulu and Lala like had their makeup done and they were sitting in their red tank tops and like they were kind of like jumping in at certain parts of the episode did you did you peep that
1: well yeah that was that that had to have been filmed after they were eliminated because her yeah. hair was all curly from right from, but yeah. they were like
2: and i can't think of like if there were anyone else's confessionals that we got but like we got a confessional from them mid episode
1: yeah that happens sometimes also they were so far behind that i think that that's They, you know, they weren't going to stop them to do the, like, on the fly, which is as you're racing confessionals, but waited till everything was over. So they get to the cantina stand. They ask for the soufflaki. They ultimately finally spell it right. Fine. That's fine. They eat the whole thing. They power through it, despite having some problems. They throw out the wrapper. They ask for a clue. The lady says no. And rather than searching around, I mean, you've done the right steps. Rather than searching around for the clue... They ask for another one. They start over, which I don't understand.
2: I don't understand it either. Now, mind you, I might have just started over to just give me another swaflocky because I'm not trying to share it because it looks good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were just still hungry. But I feel like once they asked for another one, they had to eat the entire thing. And, and they threw out the second wrapper. Like they were, they were I, If they had gone for a third one, I probably would have turned the television off. I just felt so badly for them. They took many, many moments, realized maybe it was on the wrapper, and then made their way to St. George Church. By the time they got there, everybody else was gone. You know, Lulu had to do this roadblock. She, I will say, I loved when she did this roadblock because she's so cute. She sounded like she was really listening to the air quote priest and he was, like, talking about, you know, each of the saints. She's like, oh, that's so interesting. Or, mm, and I thought she really meant it. I, she just seemed to still be enjoying herself. I realized after that it's because they didn't realize they were last. Because when she finished, she's like, Lala, did anybody else show up yet? And Lala's like, no. And they're like, oh, crap. Then I think they realized at that point that they were mm. racing for last place. And I'm, at this point, praying for a non-elimination leg or for Aruna and Natalia to To get lost. Even though I like them.
2: Because Which is a the possibility? They
1: always get lost, so you
2: definitely know. is because the way the editing was shown, I was like, oh my god! If Lulu and Lala can pull this out, also Lulu and Lala are definitely boy crazy because I feel like at every country that we was at, <laughs> they always be like, ooh, you got nice eyes. Yeah, they,
1: they I mean, the guy, I couldn't really see his eyes. I was gonna say he had nice eyes, but I don't know.
2: I don't know. He was kind of cute, not the priest, but like the guy that was asking the questions.
1: Yeah, yeah, at the yeah, the quiz guy. Apparently he had nice eyes. And Lulu and Lala had been to the pit stop. So if there was any chance that they were going to beat Aruna Natalia, they already knew where they were going. Aruna Natalia get lost, you know, in a paper bag. <laughs> and so we're watching everybody race to the end. So at this point, Kim and Penn have checked in. They won $7,500 each, so they won fifteen dollars Great for them. Raquel and Kayla are back in second place. After falling to fifth, and I'm okay with this. Like, I, I appreciate the fact that they are very tenacious, and even though they're a little overly positive for my liking, maybe I should be more positive. They shouldn't be more negative. So good for them. Ryan and Dusty get their third, and Bryce, this cracks me up. It feels like you're team number three, and the look on their face was just like, eh. Like, they were not happy.
2: But I mean, listen. It that like I always say from the 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 couple of seasons that I watched, it pays to be not first in this like on the eighth episode, like you know. So it's like you don't want to be the, the 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 people to continue to win, and then it's like you get that like, "Oh, we got to keep winning," and then you like overthink things. So it's like, despite that they're not in first, I still think that this gives them an edge.
1: I agree. I mean, I. Normally, you don't want to be first all the time because there are U-turns and somebody will, will mess you up or stop you from, from racing and give you an extra task or something, but this season has been devoid of any U-turns or speed bumps or anything. Anyway, they are not pleased. And then Aruna and Natalia show up fourth, and they could not be more pleased to still be in it, to be fourth. The, the difference in their reactions was just <laughs> so delightful to me, how Aruna and Natalia were so thrilled. And then finally, finally, Lulu and Lala show up again. I'm so sad, but they were so, um, like, graceful and happy and grateful to be there that uh, I'm sad to see them go, but I liked the way that they left. They're like, "Let's just go jump in the water. Like, I'm not like we're gonna go out with a splash." And Phil let's them strip down and jumps <laughs> into you know the Aegean Sea, and that's how they go out. And they go out smiling and best friends and happier for having done it. And I like that. That's I like that. That was their story. I think their grandmother
2: would be proud. I think so too. I was sad to see them go. I was definitely rooting for them, uh, but yeah. they went out you know like true queens that they are now I will say this I am still rooting for Kim and Penn Mm -hmm. but I am switching like I really want Arun and Natalie to like come in third place or to come in second place. Like I want them to be in the final episode. Like I you do. I do, but at this point, I'm always gonna root for the underdog, even if they don't know where the hell they're going. I just <laughs> think the the look on the faces of the other people if Arun and Natalia won, for me would give me the joy. Not necessarily them winning, but to just be like, listen, we were at the bottom of every episode we barely made it but at times it doesn't matter how or how you get there it's about that performance in the end so it doesn't need to be pretty i just am like i i want to root for them so who do you want to go home next week then i wouldn't be mad if raquel and kayla went home or dusty and ryan because if dusty and ryan went home next week then it would truly just like open up the playing fields of like i don't know who gonna win
1: I don't know who's gonna win. I made it a point to not know who's gonna win. I mean I have my suspicions, but I made it a point. And I I would I have- be happy honestly with any final three at this point. But I do I do get what you're saying about the father daughter team. Even if they came in like an abysmal third. Yeah, like, like really, really be- far behind everybody
2: else. I would be here for that. I like have a hunch who possibly won only just by their social media activity.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: There is just, uh, I wouldn't even say a pair, a person that's, uh, that social media, they are just all over the place. Um, And for me, it just, you know, they trying to like harp in it. So I'm curious (laughs) to see uh, what happens. But, you know, I was still sad to see my Lulu and Lala go home.
1: Yeah, I am too. But um, next week looks like something, I don't know that I know where they go next week, but when in the preview, when you saw the task for next week, there's some god-awful looking task, where they're in some, like, rock quarry, and they literally have to leave no stone unturned. Everyone is just sort of losing their mind. So it'll be interesting to see how next week goes, because it looks like everyone is at the task at the same time, which leads me to believe there'll be a close finish, which I like more than anything else. More than The Who, I like watching it when somebody doesn't run away with the whole thing. So, unless it's me and Scott running away with the whole thing, which
2: I was, I was cool with. Uh, Okay. <laughs> well, listen, guys, that is our Amazing Race, Episode 8, Season 33. Yes. Recap with me and Brookie. We'll be back next week giving yes, you me. the tea and telling you went home. As always, thank you, Miss Brooke Kim. Hi. Thank you,
1: Mr. Bryce Isaiah. See you next time. Okay.
2: Keeping the menu rolling. Keeping the menu rolling. Keeping the menu rolling. Keep, 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 keep it rolling. Yeah, baby boy is back. And listen, over my birthday weekend, I had some time to turn up. I had some time to do some, you know, self care beauty routines. And I also had time to get into the new show on Peacock bel-air now first of all i know some of y'all are like what the hell is peacock okay because i be seeing it on my tv as a free little app so i'm like oh okay i'll get into it i watch an episode of bel-air and so bel-air is a take of the sitcom back in the 90s fresh prince of bel-air with will smith Now, Bel-Air is not a sitcom. It is very much a series, okay? And they're labeling it as a drama. Now, I saw Will Smith doing press on this a couple of weeks, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to get to it. And a couple of my friends were like, are you watching this show? Because I definitely think that you would enjoy it. I was a little nervous to watch it because I'm like, I don't know what to expect of it. I know what Fresh Prince of Bel-Air meant to me growing up. So I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. So I decided to take the dive and I watched the first episode. Let me tell y'all when I tell you baby boy was blown away. I, I don't even know honestly how to describe it. First of all, it's so well done. First of all, it's the black excellence for me. And for me, If anyone that has watched Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, all of the main characters are in this. However, it is so interesting to see their take on the characters in 2022. Now, I don't want to give anything away because I really want me talking about this to really kind of like get y'all excited to watch it. It's on Peacock, but let me just say the evolution of the characters are so amazing. It is so, I mean, what spoiler kind of sort of spoiler alert. The one character that I will talk about, Hillary, we all know Hillary was Will's cousin, the original fresh prince. They kind of like gave Hillary the airhead, not that smart, was very bougie, you know, just loved to spend her father's money. And so that was the character of Hillary. Obviously, she had more depth to that, but that was kind of like her overall character was just rich, out of touch, and like an airhead in all sense of the word. You know, however, the new Hillary is she's an influencer and I love the connection because you know influencer in this day and age somebody that's on an Instagram influencer people look at them like oh that's not a real job they not really like you know and so I love how they took that Hillary and gave her this role and you know she's struggling to kind of sort of find her own identity like the Hillary that was in the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air she dropped out of college and historically black college like her mom wanted her to go to and she She's kind of sort of trying to figure out her way. And it's just so interesting. The Carlton. Ooh, listen, Carlton, 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 love to take on this new version of Carlton. And again, I don't want to give it away. I really want you guys to discover it because they are very similar to the characters that we know and love however i feel like on bel-air we get to see a more rounded perspective of them and oftentimes i feel like on the fresh prince of bel-air everything it was a comedy a sitcom so some of the serious subjects like you know when will first got to bel-air him and carlson were not friendly on the sitcom however being as though it was a comedy, I think that we kind of, like, laughed it off. And we know later on in the series, or, you know, the Fresh Prince of bel because it was on for a pretty long time, they became more like brothers. But it is so interesting to see in this first episode, and in the first four episodes, because all they got is four out right now, how their relationship is starting and how Carlton does not like Will. And I love the take on Carlton because when we watched The Fresh Prince of bel we looked at Carlton as like this nerd who dressed preppy. But in all of the sense of the things, if you think about the Carlton back there, I mean, he really was kind of like, his own little king in his own right. And that's what I love about this Bel Air show is that they, they do them justice, not only by their looks, but by their school and Another thing that I was like talking to my sister about was I know that in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the show was supposed to be Will from West Philly and he got into, he got into a, in his neighborhood. He got one little fight. His mom got scared. and said, a movie with your auntie and uncle in Bel-Air, right? So he got into that fight. He moved to Bel-Air and his aunt Vivian and uncle Phil were supposed to provide him this better life. They were actually living a good life. I do feel like in the sitcom, We didn't get to really get the magnitude of how wealthy the family was just because it was a sitcom. And I feel like sitcoms at times can be very limiting in the set and how they can portray things. But baby, listen, in Bel Air, you get the full effect of how rich the banks are. And I think that that lends so much more to the story. We really can like understand where Will is coming from. And not the fact that we just is team. Well, first of all, you know, we always team Will, but baby, I love this Will. And the series is so good. There are some parts that are like so uncomfortable to watch because it's like you get secondhand embarrassment. I literally was grabbing my pillow during some of the scenes. Like, Oh, don't Will, what is you doing? I can't believe. Oh, Will, but oh. It is so good. And then Jeffrey, the butler. Listen, he is not the butler in Bel Air, okay? He is the house manager, okay? And the house manager, okay, all things considered, can get it. Okay, this Jeffrey can get it. Y'all have to watch it. If you are not watching it, I don't know what you're doing. Now, the caveat, and I'ma cuss Peacock out. Peacock out, okay? I didn't been seeing Peacock on my TV for years, okay? It's free, so they set you up. You go watch the first episode for free under your basic, you know, cable provider. However, you got and the way the first episode in, you will be like, ooh, let's get to the second episode and shout They let you know any episodes after this is only for the premium users. Chow, chow, y'all know this not a pay week. Y'all know it's my birthday, Peacock, but listen. When I tell you it was so good, I had to sign up. Okay, I signed up for that dollars ninety-nine so quick, and I watched the other three episodes that they have available. Now, I call Chappelle, because you know Chappelle and Puya over there, they covering it on the other network and um, I was like Chappelle so what's, what, when that next episode is coming out and Chappelle was like Bryce calm down I'm like no tell me cause I need the nub and so Chappelle said when it first came out they dropped three episodes and then last week they dropped an episode so they think it Chappelle thinks it probably will be like a weekly episode every week. I'm hooked. I am hooked. Now I probably won't be covering it. You know, I'm going to forward y'all over there to Puya and Chappelle to listen and get the tea. But I just had to come let the posse know if y'all are not watching Bel Air, do yourself a favor. You lit like when I tell you again, and I can't stress this enough. I, was literally mind-blown. First of all, I watched the first episode twice because at first I was like, I ain't paying $4.99. I'm gonna just watch the first episode again. Okay, true, okay, true T. But the first episode is just so good because we know these characters. We know Will. We know Carlton. We know Ashley. We know Uncle Phil. We know Jeffrey. We know Iviv. But to see them in this so much more dynamic role it I I I was trying to explain it to my friend Sarah I don't even know the emotion that it like it it was giving me nostalgia it was giving me like so excited also was giving me like I love to see black people like doing big things and again not that they weren't in the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because all things considered when you think about it they had a pool house they had all this stuff they had a butler But I feel like because it was a sitcom, we didn't grasp it. Well, baby, buckle up your seatbelt, because when you watch Bel Air, you will grasp it. It's on Peacock. Do yourself a favor become a premium member and watch the episodes with me if y'all watched it let me know what you think if you haven't watched it then you heard your baby boy talking about it then you watch it come on tweet me dm me and let me know was i right or was i right or was i right
0: Bubs get a message Bubs get a message
3: This is Miss Barb and today I want to share with you a piece that I read earlier during the week from Nikki Bannis and as I was reading this piece I just kept nodding my head yes 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 so my dear friends I have to share and it's entitled always choose to grow there is always a choice to go or to stay To grow or to remain. To jump or to stay on the ground. To try again or to give up. There's always a choice. Choose to grow. Choose to learn. Choose to release your ego and learn from your shortcomings, your mistakes, and your faults. Choose to continue becoming the best version of yourself. Know that the blessings, the lessons, and the teachings are all for you. Not to hurt you. Not to make you feel guilt or shame or hurt. But to teach you how to rise. To teach you how to heal to teach you how to love and find joy. Nothing is against you. The things happening to you all have blessings and lessons in them, and it is up to you to see them. Let the lessons teach you and keep you humble. Learn from them and continue forward. Let the blessings remind you of the magic of life. Savor them and let them fill your heart. Know that everything happening to you can help you to grow if you let it. My beautiful friend, choose to grow every time. Love you. Who's the freak? Who's the
2: freak? Who's the- freak of the week. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be
0: me, might be you,
2: might be And we are on to this week's Freak of the Week. And, you know, for the month of February, I have been trying to shed light on black entrepreneurs black leaders that may not always get the light that they deserve and here on the purple pants podcast i want to shed light to them and this week's freak of the week is someone that we may all be familiar with but in my opinion i don't feel like this person gets their flowers or they're just due. earl cole was born April 9th, 1971 in Kansas City. He is an entrepreneur, a producer, philanthropist, television personality, and former California advertising executive. He is well known as the million dollar winner of the TV series Survivor Fiji and the first African American winner. And he don't get his just due, okay? Okay. Earl has hosted and appeared on several talk shows, including The Early Show, Live with Regis and Kelly, B.E.T.'s 106 and Park. Okay, Earl! MTV Fuse. He also was voted as one of the people's sexiest bachelors in 2007 and also hosted shows on the TV Guide Channel, a Canadian reality TV show in 2009 and The Style Network in 2010. OK, and he happens to be featured on the Bryce Isaiah 2022 Zaddy calendar. Earl has traveled to more than 30 countries and has been featured on various domestic and international magazines from Australia to South Africa. Earl has also been interviewed by the foreign press, appearing on television in Hong Kong, China, South Africa, Singapore, the Bahamas, and Australia. Earl founded a creative management company that has booked various television participants and artist to participate in worldwide military tours with armed forces entertainment he has worked with celebrities from survivor the amazing race american idols so you think you can dance and big brother well shoot earl trouble well, well we will work together earl now did y'all know that earl also was a musician composer and songwriter served as several tour managers for a multi-city tour of japan in 2011 which featured a cast from various seasons of american idol he helped arrange a private jet show for children in the masaki air base in japan the closest base to the 2011 earthquake and tsunami disaster earl also has an endowment with the university of kansas medical center where he established the purse Kids Foundation, a.k.a. Earl Cole Fund, a global charitable foundation for children with Purse disease, a rare hip bone disease Cole suffered from as a child. Now a global organization located in four countries, the U.S., U.K., Australia and Columbia. Earl serves as a founder, CEO and chairman on the board in 2020. Cole founded the startup company, the Smart Tire Company, with blockchain engineer Brian Yell. On March 16th, 2021, the company revealed its first product called the Melt Tire, a bike tire made airless, aluminum coil based on shape, memory ally, and technology from the Nassau engineers used Martian and lunar rovers smart plans on introducing the bike tire to the general public in early 2022 with tires for the automobile and commercial vehicle industry planning on being introduced sometimes afterward Cole appeared on the episode of the 13th season of shark tank, which aired January 7th, 2022 to seek an investment for the smart Tire Company and Earl serves as this week's freak of the week. Like I said, Earl Cole is out here, has his hand in everything from developing a new tire to helping kids around the world to traveling to over 40 countries. And I always have this joke with Earl that he always takes the most tourist photos ever. If you ever look at Earl's Instagram, he will literally take uh, a photo in front of the Capitol with a thumbs up. I'd be like, Earl, you such a tourist, but I love it. Okay, not only is he a musician, he didn't went on tour, he's managing people. Earl is truly black history and I don't feel as though he gets his flowers, but best believe this week and today, he is receiving his flowers. He is our freak of the week. If you want to know more about the Earl Cole, do yourself a favor and look him up. You can also follow him on the Instagram and the Twitter Earl Cole does and let him know he is this week's freak of the week. If Earl does everything Cole is the freak of the week, that means we are coming to an end of another amazing episode. Thank you so much for tuning in each week and showing your baby boy some love. I truly, truly appreciate it. If you have not already, please make sure you are subscribed to the Purple Pens podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. We are there. Hit subscribe. Write a review, give your baby boy some five stars and tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend that it's Lil Brycey because it's a, it's a.